Welcome once again to Lato's Law. Here's Steve Lato. My tech guy, Nathan, sent me a note. Said, Steve, check this out. From xdadeveloper.com. Google has to pay $9.4 million because it paid people to say they liked the Pixel 4. <laughs> yeah, it turns out that there are agencies out there that watch how advertisements are done. And uh, this, if true, would be a troubling thing. And, um, well, there you go. Timmy Contesano wrote this. It looks like Google and iHeartMedia are in a bit of hot water as the FCC and the state attorneys general sued the companies for deceptive ads for the Pixel 4 that were broadcast back in 2019 and 2020. The lawsuit states that radio personalities were used to promote the handset with nearly 29,000 deceptive endorsements made during that time. The lawsuit's been settled and bars Google and iHeartMedia from misleading the public on any future advertisements. And they'll also be required to pay $9.4 million in penalties. iHeartMedia is the conglomerate that uh, is the entity that's bought up a ton of radio stations across America. There's a time when uh, one entity could only own, they called it the 777 rule, seven AM stations, seven FM stations, seven TV stations across the country. Uh, and, and if you bought an eighth, you had to unload one of the earlier ones. And so there were a ton of different companies that owned radio stations across America. And that got deregulated a while back. And they said, oh, you know what would really help radio? Because if you let corporations buy up as many stations as they wanted to. <laughs> and so corporations started buying up all the stations. And there was, you know, like uh, Clear Channel Broadcasting, which I think believe, uh, became iHeartRadio, uh, bought up hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of stations. And there's a couple others as well, Cumulus, for instance. And so a lot of times what would happen is they'd buy up like every single station in a market or most of the stations in a market. And I know uh, places where there's a single entity that owns seven radio stations in one market. And in the old days, that was not allowable. Nowadays, eh, why not? So what happens then is, is they buy up all these stations and they go, hmm, uh, how can we make more money? So that's what we always want to do here. Well, we've got all these stations and we've got disc jockeys working at all of them. I'll give you an example. So what we'll do is we'll fire all the disc jockeys at five of the stations and we'll have disc jockeys who will pull a live shift on one station and then voice track a bunch of other stations where you pre-record all the breaks between the songs, load them into a computer and the computer just plays the songs and the breaks and makes it sound like there's a disc jockey there. And I actually knew one guy, for instance, who worked at three different radio stations in the same market simultaneously. And he used different names on two of the stations, and then he used his own name on the one he did live. And so he'd come in in the morning, and he would voice track two stations, and then he would do his own show live. And he said, if you're driving around in his market, you could hear him on three different stations at the exact same moment in time. He was competing against himself. And he told me that he had people call him up and go, hey, hey, did I just hear you on this other station? And he's like, yeah, and flip the other station, you hear me over there too. And, and, and here, just using a different name, you know. Uh, but, but so when they did this stuff, they were always trying to figure out ways to make money. And so um, a lot of radio stations uh, got bought up uh, by these various organizations, including iHeartMedia, which is, which is one of them. And they changed their name from Clear Channel Broadcasting to iHeartMedia to reflect the fact that they were not just broadcasters. They, they bought up a bunch of other stuff too, like concert venues, uh, I believe billboards, and, and things of that. So they're like, look, we're really a media company, not a radio company. But um, the Bureau of Consumer Protection Director has said that it is common sense that people put more stock in firsthand experiences. 
Consumers expect radio advertisements to be truthful and transparent about products, not misleading with fake endorsements. Today's settlement holds Google and iHeart accountable for this deceptive ad campaign and ensures compliance with state and federal law moving forward. So what the allegation is, and the case settled, so apparently there's not much fight on this, Google approached iHeartMedia to advertise its Pixel 4 telephone using on-air personalities who recorded and broadcast endorsements about the phone despite not using the handset or owning one. Rather than provide the personalities the handsets, they gave them transcripts and said, here, read this. <laughs> so they say things like, it's my favorite phone camera out there, especially in low light, thanks to night sight mode. I've been taking studio-like photos of everything, and it's also great at helping me get stuff done, thanks to the new voice-activated Google Assistant that can handle multiple tasks at once. <laughs> that sounds like something somebody would say, right? So the guy who wrote the article here says, you can see how this might be misleading, especially when the personalities never got a chance to verify the claims. As stated before, Google and iHeartMedia are now barred from misleading the public with the FTC sharing what they expect the outcome to be here, including but not limited to, they are prohibiting Google from misrepresenting that an endorser has owned or used uh, one of their products, unless they actually have. Uh, they cannot, uh, iHeartMedia cannot uh, misrepresent that an endorser has owned or used uh, a product if they haven't regarding a consumer product or service. And Google and iHeart um, are expected to distribute to uh, certain people compliance reports with the commission keep records to allow the FTC to ensure compliance. So they're probably going to send out a memo to all the different radio stations and say, you know, it's attention to the program director and the advertising director that um, you, you cannot have your air personalities go on the radio or uh, elsewhere and, and promote something which implies they have a personal experience with it if they don't. And if they do, that's great. So in other words, if they actually got a widget and they use that widget, they can actually say, I got the widget and I used it because it's true. But apparently they got caught because there are so many instances, uh, they think 29,000, <laughs> where they basically said, we don't even care if you use it or not, if you've even seen one or not, just say you have. And if that's true, that's a problem. But I can also tell you there's been other instances like this. Uh, and, and some of them, maybe not so obviously this clear, but... I remember a time where there was a fad almost, um, where there was a company that was pushing a, a diet product or diet regimen. I, I don't know what to call it. But they, they gave you this um, placebo powder and they said, mix it with water. And then if you drink this at certain times of the day, it'll, it'll fill you up so you don't feel hungry. You'll eat less and you lose weight. And what they would do is they would go into a market and they'd find a couple different radio stations and say, is there anybody on your staff who's willing to do this? Because we'll pay them. And it was, I only heard of women doing it. I never heard of a single guy doing it, but I'm sure they did. But I remember, for instance, hearing somebody who did traffic at a radio station in the morning, the traffic person. And during the morning show, the traffic person would be doing their typical traffic breaks. And then all of a sudden there'd be a commercial where the traffic person would come on and go, hey, you know, I'm using this wonderful uh, placebo water. And uh, that's not what it's called. And um, since I started doing it, all I got to do is I, I mix it up, drink it, and then next thing I know, I'm losing weight. I've lost three pounds already. And then the week later, it goes, I've already lost five pounds. This stuff's, this stuff's magical. Uh, I'm, you know, weeks later, I've lost 12 pounds. And I always wondered about that for a couple of reasons, one of which was 
if they're paying you to do the endorsement and you don't lose weight, do they still pay you? And number two, um, this is radio. <laughs> now, I worked in radio for a long time. A bunch of different radio stations. And I'm going to let you in on a secret that I'm not sure they, the secret they don't want you to know. You ready? People can't see you on the radio. When you're on the radio, they can't see you. You turn the radio on, you can hear them, but you can't see them. So when the traffic person comes on and goes, I lost three pounds, I lost five pounds, I lost 12 pounds. <laughs> they could just be making up numbers. They could be reading a script. And I remember hearing some of them actually using a script to try to get around that by saying things like, everywhere I go, people are asking me, have you lost weight? And I say, yes, I have. I lost 12 pounds since I started drinking this. <laughs> just happened to have a sample with me right there. And I, I remember listening to that going, this is the dumbest thing ever. But the fact that they keep doing it means it must be working, I think. And I remember in Detroit radio, there's a lot of radio stations in Detroit. Detroit's not a top 10 market, but it's, I think it's top 15 at least. But it's, it's a fairly large radio market. And I remember hearing these ads on a bunch of different channels. And it was always someone on the staff who's swearing by this stuff because all they got to do is mix the powder with the water and drink at certain times of the day. And next thing you know, their, weight, their weight's just falling off of them. They're scared that none of their clothes are going to fit next week. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure I heard some of the same things on different channels. Everyone's asking me, have you lost weight? <laughs> I'm getting, I'm getting tired of saying yes. <laughs> so this is a crazy one. And it does make you wonder how they got caught until you realize, oh, wait, they did it 29,000 times. <laughs> now, fool me once. Shame on you. Fool me 29,000 times. I ain't doing my job. So they, they, <laughs> they got them. And it makes you wonder if somebody didn't, look at this and hear about this and go, wait, this disc jockey is getting paid to do endorsements for a product he's never even used. There's got to be something wrong there. And I assure you that in the radio industry, there's people out there who know the rules. And the, sun, the sad part is a lot of the rules, there are rules in the books that aren't enforced. There's other rules that are over-enforced. And some of the rules are silly. But then again, it's governed by the FCC. And so it's a federal situation. So just so you know, I'll, I'm going to let you know one other thing. And most people know this and many people suspect this, but by federal law, you've got to do a station ID at the top of the hour as close as you can get it. And the station ID in the old school days was your call letters followed immediately by the city of license. So if you worked at WABX Detroit, that's the station ID. So near the top of the hour, you get a break, WABX Detroit. Now, they started getting looser on that. They let you say things like 105.5 WWCK AM FM Flint. Wait, is AM and FM allowed in there? <laughs> and then people would say things like, you know, WABX rocks Detroit. Okay, now the word rocks, what's that doing in there? You know, and, and so over time, they've gotten a little looser on that. But the point is that there is a, there's a law that says station ID, top of the hour. 
And so if you are the person who's running the, the, the show, if you're on the air or if you're simply the person who's responsible for the air shift, there's a log book you keep and you're supposed to actually log the station IDs. Now, I don't really still do that anymore, but at least I'm talking old school. So when I worked in radio back in the early 80s, I remember I'd walk in to do my show. There'd be a log book sitting on the counter in front of the mixing console. And the log book would show what ads I run. When I ran them, I'd check them off to indicate that I'd run them. And there was a thing at the top of the page or the bottom of the page, depending on which station I was at. And it would say station ID with a blank. And when I did the station ID, if it was 101 in the morning, I'd write 101 AM and I'd initial it to indicate I had in fact done the station ID. Now, whether or not any station ever like got fined or lost their license because they failed to do a station ID, <laughs> I doubt that one time would do it for you, but doing it a bunch of times uh, might get you in trouble. But I can tell you, I've been driving across country out in the middle of nowhere, flipping around the radio dial and I pick up some little weak signal that's being broadcast from a shack, you know, at the base of a hill someplace. And there's, and there's presumably somebody running that in the days before automation. And um, I start listening at like 10 minutes to the top of the hour and sweep to like 10 minutes past the top. And there's somebody on the air and they never mention the ID of the station. I'm thinking to myself, they're breaking federal law right there. <laughs> but <laughs> I've gone astray. I'm sorry. So getting back to this, it turns out that the FCC is, is what was really involved here that got these people in trouble. If they were in another setting where the FCC was not involved, uh, it would have taken like, the Federal Trade Commission to get involved. And I've heard of stories like that too, where, for instance, somebody who might be from a famous family uh, is on uh, Instagram promoting products and saying things like, I, I use this placebo water and it helped me lose weight. And oh my gosh, I've lost so much weight. And um, Federal Trade Commission is actually come after some people and said, um, if you're going to endorse something like that, you better be using it. And there's other things that they're also going to hold you to with respect to claims you make, uh, because people often make claims that border on things like, you know, medical advice and things of that nature. But here we go. So Google has to pay $9.4 million because it paid people to say they liked the Pixel 4, despite the fact that most of them had never even probably seen one. Nathan sent it. Thanks a lot. XDAdevelopers.com sent that. Timmy Contesano wrote it. Questions or comments, put them below. Let's talk to you later. Bye-bye. Thank you for watching Leto's Law. The less you respond to negative people, the more positive your life will become.